This is Mover Scott from the Imagination Movers, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, Fortune Feimster describes how she went from liking sketch comedy to loving stand-up. Stand-up seemed very scary. I was like, uh, there's no way I can do this. But uh, a friend of mine who's a stand-up came to my, one of my sketch comedy shows and she was like, you're a stand-up. We'll hear more from Fortune in just a little bit. We have another edition of It's Facebook, Not Factbook, and we'll discuss our Bunbury Music Festival coverage plans. We'll give you that uh, toward the end of the show. But first, as always, fake news. And now, fake news with me. Florida may be the next state to legalize marijuana. A ballot initiative has been proposed for November to let voters decide in the Sunshine State. Former Rhode Island congressman and opponent of marijuana legalization Patrick Kennedy warned that pot may be a Trojan horse for the state. As a member of the Kennedy family, he knows a lot about Trojans. It's like a news-busted joke, isn't it? Two words all it took on Wednesday for House Speaker John Boehner to shoot down fellow Republican Sarah Palin's call to impeach President Obama. I disagree, Boehner told reporters at a regular press briefing. Palin, the former vice presidential candidate and former Alaska governor, published an op-ed piece Tuesday on Breitbart.com urging Obama's removal from office and accusing him of leaving the U.S. border open and allowing undocumented immigrants to easily enter the country. Ms. Palin was hoping Obama would just quit halfway through his term like all good politicians do. Buzz Aldrin was the second man to ever set foot on the moon, and he has some opinions about how things should go down when the first humans set foot on Mars. Namely, that they should not come home, that the mission should last for their lifetime, and the first person to go to Mars should be Miley Cyrus. Kentucky State Senator Brendan Smith flexed his brain muscle this past week during a hearing on the EPA regulations and how it would impact the Commonwealth's coal industry. I don't want to get into the debate about the climate change, but I will just simply point out that I think in academia we all agree that the, the, the temperature on Mars is exactly as it is here. Uh, nobody will dispute that, yet there are no coal mines on Mars. There's no factories on Mars that, that, that I'm aware of. Senator Smith, by the way, is not in academia. He owns an energy company. Actually, scientists had this to say about Mars. The average temperature on Mars is about minus 80 degrees Fahrenheit. In winter, it can get down to negative 220 degrees. The Cleveland Cavaliers made a few trades this week and inquired about others. All this wheeling and dealing is happening with one goal in mind, getting LeBron James back to the team that drafted him, which he left in an acrimonious fashion in 2010 to go win titles with the Miami Heat. Is it just me, or is the LeBron-Cleveland thing looking a lot like the Rihanna and Chris Brown relationship? Brazilians woke up Wednesday to dreadful headlines describing the shame and humiliation of their soccer team's historic 7-1 defeat to Germany in a World Cup semifinal. One of the country's leading soccer publications, Placar, stated simply, a day to forget. The final score was a stark contrast to what soccer experts thought would be a cliché for the Brazilians. And that's been Fake News with me. It's time once again for... It's Facebook, not 
Factbook. A friend of mine from high school who is also a filmmaker posted one of these memes here on Facebook. And it says on the top, it's a two-parter. It's got, a, I guess, an image of, I'm going to guess that's Tel Aviv, maybe it's Jerusalem. USA to Israel, $3 billion annually. And then there's a picture below it, uh, part of the same meme. Uh, of, of a factory, presumably, in southeast Michigan. USA to Detroit, zero. Well, of course, what's the first thing I did? Okay, I looked that up. Of course I did. Because... It's Facebook, not Factbook. So I Googled it, and I came to a, a PDF from the Congressional Research Service, which sounded bogus, but it is an actual government organization that does research for Congress. And I come to find that the uh, the top number there, the uh, three billion is actually slightly low. It's actually closer to 3.1 billion. And according to this report, Israel has received the most foreign aid from the United States since World War II. Interesting. And then for the Detroit number, uh, I looked, I googled that, came to a story in the New York Times from September of last year, and it says $300 million in Detroit aid, but no bailout. So, uh, so really, the, the uh, number should be USA to Israel, $3.1 billion, but I guess that would take up a little more space in it after it's a smaller font. And USA to Detroit, zero, should be $300 million. And uh, so, I mean, and, and you, I know you could also argue that, uh, you know, there's uh, interstate highways in Detroit. Uh, people are getting assistance in Detroit, I'm sure. And then that comes from the federal government. So it's probably higher than $300 million. Um, I'm sure it's not anywhere near uh, a billion. But uh, if someone can come up with those numbers, have at it. Anyway, I pointed this out to my friend Andy, and I said I gave him the links, and I said it should be 3.1 billion and 300 million. And he says and this is great. Uh, he's a funny guy too. Yes, I know the image is close enough, or should I say, good enough for government work. <laughs> Okay, so there you have it. Um, and, and, you know, if you see these memes, uh, and in Facebook in particular, they turn up a lot, or anywhere else online, you know, it, it doesn't take but a minute to look them up because... It's Facebook, not Factbook. Hey, folks, remember this? Dear Joey, getting my hair done. Be back at 3.30. Please go to Lawson's and pick up bread, lunch meat, potato salad, and pop. And if you want... Or this... We have fresh ideas at Red Barn, like the salad bar for you. This is the third time my husband went back to the salad bar. Or how about this? Well, Home Shirts has all of your vintage apparel needs, recalling all the great brands and restaurants of yesteryear, particularly from the cities of Cincinnati, Cleveland, Indianapolis, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and St. Louis, but also from brands around the country. Just head to homeshirts.com and check out all of our vintage apparel needs, including restaurants, stores, great sports teams. Check it out, and when you order specifically from Home Shirts Cleveland, we make a couple of bucks, and we really appreciate it. Merry-go-round. Unique fashions for guys and gals. Fortune Feimster is a stand-up comedian you may know from Last Comic Standing a couple of seasons back, or from her more recent work as a panelist on Chelsea Lately, and hopefully from a new sitcom being produced by Tina Fey this fall. Here's our interview with Fortune Feimster. Okay, joining us on PF's Tape Recorder, it's comedian Fortune Feimster. Fortune, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm uh, doing pretty good. Um, well, gosh, um, I, I wish I would have known you would have been. You're, are you in Minneapolis now? Or are you going to be in Minneapolis, or are you just in Minneapolis? 
I'm I'm headed there um, as we speak. I'm on my way to the airport, so I'll be there this okay. weekend. Okay. Because I write for the paper there as well. I could have gotten you some ink uh, up there. Although I'm sure. sure someone someone reached out to you. I wish I, there. I wish I had known. Yeah. You're you're all, you're all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Well, your uh, your publicist uh, d- did a good job. You, you uh, I guess you basically want to get to the level of where your publicist isn't setting up interviews but turning down interviews because there's that's basically the <laughs> the job. Of, well, I, I, you know, I'm I'm happy to talk to anybody that is uh, is wanting to help me promote any shows. I just appreciate. <laughs> well, that's uh, cool. Um, so I guess well the. The big news, people know you from Chelsea lately, and of course Chelsea just announced that uh, she will be no longer uh, doing the show. Um, are you going to miss that, or is that just, are you ready to move on as well? I mean, I had moved on in a way. I, in January, I left the show already as a writer. Um, I was, I've still been doing the roundtable, but I, I left the show originally to pursue acting, um, just because for me it was time to... Uh, really start focusing on that part of my career again. Um, but I mean, I'm definitely going to miss doing the roundtable because, you know, I've been I've been a part of the show for three and a half years now, and everybody has become kind of like a little family. So for that not to exist in the world just doesn't seem right. Yeah, I guess once you get used to something like that, it's hard to uh, imagine it not being there. Absolutely. So uh, let's go and back I'll- to the beginning. Uh, where are you from originally? Uh, originally, I'm from a small town in North Carolina called Belmont. Okay. Um, and so, you funny kid growing up, or were you just interested in comedy, or how did uh, how'd your interest in comedy start? I mean, I don't know that you know anybody would have said, oh, you know, Fortune, uh, the funniest one in the room. I definitely wasn't um, like that, but I would uh, tell jokes to friends that I would hear, and, and I would watch Saturday Night Live a lot, and sort of mimic the sketches uh, to my friends the next Monday. Um, so I definitely, comedy was definitely a part of my life. I would watch, you know, reruns of the Carol Burnett show with my grandmother. And so I think instead of performing it, though, I was kind of taking it in. I was, I was like a sponge. Um, so when I got older, you know, all these, this kind of resource was inside of me that I didn't even realize was there. Um, and so when I started performing comedy more, and I started as a hobby, um, it just it just kind of came naturally. So were you drawn to a certain kind of comedy? You said you watched uh, Carol Burnett and, and shows like that. Were there certain things that made you laugh, like physical comedy or parodies or, or satire, or what, what was it that uh, attracted you most? I liked everything. I mean, I, I, was, I wasn't really into the, you know, the more political-type comedy. I appreciate it, but... I kind of like the sillier stuff. I like the characters, and you know, my, when, with the Carol Burnett show, I loved it when they made each other laugh, and I loved when she came in, you know, you know doing these over the top women, and like with Saturday Night Live, I, I like the silliness of like an Adam Sandler or Molly Shannon. Um, I I just liked anybody who was willing to uh, to take a chance and and. And not care what anybody thought it, what they looked like. So then, what drew you to stand up and uh, and and trying stand up? Um. Well, I, you know, I started in sketch comedy um, because that was a world that was more familiar to me. Um, and stand up seemed very scary. I was like, ah, there's no way I can do this. But uh, a friend of mine who's a stand up came to my, one of my sketch comedy shows, and she was like, "You're a stand up, like." 
you're a, I, you're a storyteller. I can tell that you have a lot of stories. And she's like, just try it. And so I kind of went about it in a very studious way, and I took a class. Um, but I once I got on stage and performed it, it just fit like a glove. I was like, it's like one of those things that you can't believe you haven't been doing your whole life. So, and did you immediately like it uh, better than Sketch, or was it just different? It was different. I mean, I still love them both for different reasons. I just find that um, stand-up just, I don't know, maybe fits me a little bit easier. Like with Sketch, I have to, have to really you know, sit down and, and, uh, and labor over ideas and, and characters. Um, it, it, it takes a little more time for me. Uh, whereas stand-up, I can just kind of get up there and I have my set routine, but I can also just talk. And so when is the first time you, you tried stand-up? You'd, you'd been doing sketch for a couple of years, and then did you go to an open mic, or was there a, a different opportunity? Um, yeah, I had been in the Groundlings already for about four years, um, so I'd already learned to get comfortable on stage, which was nice, um, and kind of you know uh, took out a few steps. That I had to learn when I started stand-up. Um, and f- my first show with stand-up was at the end of that class that I took. I think okay. it was like a, maybe a six-week class. They they let you do a show at the end of it. So I um, had a show in the little room of the comedy store, and I only invited one friend because I if I sucked, I didn't want many people to know. But I wanted a, one person to tell me like their honest opinion of, if I had something or not. Okay. And so, um, you, you ended up on uh, Last Comic Standing at some point. I did? Yeah. I'm curious, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I ask that only because the show is back on, and of course it now has a, uh, a, a much different format now that Wanda Sykes has taken it over. Um, yeah. Yeah, and do you prefer that format? I, I guess you would, because it's a much more honest format, but do you wish you would have been in this group of people versus the group you were in, or does it not really matter? I mean, TV's TV. I mean, I was, I was actually thinking about that last night because I was watching it. Um, I uh, I enjoy the show because I, I love Wanda, and I love Paige Hurwitz, who does it as well, who did it, um, uh, produced it when I was coming through as well. And um, I, I really like what they're doing. I think that, like, the judges, I think they're all, like, on point. Um, and I was like, man, it would be so fun to be able to perform in front of Roseanne. Uh, but then I thought, well, gosh, when I did it four years ago, you know, that was my first break in TV and no one really knew who I was. And I'm so much happier now because thanks to Last Comic Standing and Chelsea Lately, you know, my career has grown so much. So I feel like, uh, to, to do it now, you know, I would be going back in time a little bit, but it's a really good show. Um... It's a really good show, and it's such a an amazing platform for stand-ups. Because I know when I did it, people were like, you know, we've never heard of you before. Like, we want to watch you do more. And it just, it really opens those doors that, you know, where people would not have seen you otherwise. Yeah, it's, um, it, it seems like they're calling it the Invitationals, these opening rounds. It, it's a much more uh, honest, and it's probably a much more, uh, I guess, accurate description, because in, in when you were on in the seasons before that, a lot of people were invited, very few what you would call traditional open micers, 
you know, really stood in line and really got on stage. Well, I heard a few yeah. people actually did stand in line and actually did get to, you know, be on stage. I think the, yeah. the Montreal one, I think some people actually did stand in line for and, and, and make it up that way. But yeah, it'd be nice if they did a, another one where a last comic version where it really was open micers and they really did hold. But I guess that would take forever yeah. <laughs> to go the line that long. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, that's the thing is, like, before it was definitely more of, like, a reality show where they had the, you know, quote-unquote auditions, but it really was more of, you know, appointments than mm-hmm. anything. Um, and, you know, this season they're not, uh, they don't really focus on bad comedy, quote-unquote, at all. Like, everybody that they're showing is has, you know, some... If they're not really strong, they have some strong, you know, joke in yeah. there. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're not, they're not embarrassing anybody. So it's kind of nice because they're just highlighting good comedy, um, and you don't see that very often. So I feel like it's gotten far, far away from any sort of regular reality show format. Yeah, um, which I appreciate because I almost didn't do the show four years ago because. I, I didn't want to, like, I was like, I'm not living in a house with comedians, <laughs> I'm not doing, like, challenges, like, there's, and they're like, no, it's just straight-up stand-up, I was like, oh, okay, so, once I found out it was straight-up stand-up, I, I was like, I could get on board with that. Yeah, it seems like this format but, should have been obvious from the start. Yeah. Yeah, that's, sure. yeah, but I guess they they wanted to rely more on the like you said the reality show aspect of people living together and not really concentrating on comedy and like and too like it's with, with American Idol I think we're we're all worn out on that whole people who think they can sing but really can't you know like, we right. we've seen that to death and I don't think we want to see people got people think they can be funny and they really can but um, well, well also comedy is so different than like singing if you can carry a tune you just you go out to American Idol and you sing somebody else's song that they've written. Oh, that's true, yeah. But with, with comedy, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, you can't do it. Like, you literally can't do it. You can just get up there and maybe say a couple things, but uh, you have to have a routine. And even if you get through one round, you have to have a routine for the next round. So it's not like you can get up there and just recite some other comedian's material. Yeah. So it definitely it requires a skill that singing does not. That's true. It's much more involved. And to the opposite, and then maybe American Idol should have a uh, a singer-songwriter competition where you have to, you know, where it's a bit more involved. That'd be yeah. pretty interesting, yeah. Um, so I want to, getting back to the Minneapolis thing, I noticed you're, you're playing the Acme up in Minneapolis, but you're doing a theater yeah, and you're doing a theater here in Cincinnati, so I'm kind of curious, do you prefer one over the other? Is it nice to be in town and do a couple nights in a smaller venue and uh, and, and kind of work that, or do you like the, the, the idea of the theater and that big bunch of laughter coming at you? No, they're both so different. I mean, I, I normally stick to comedy clubs. Um, I don't usually do theater, so this is kind of a special uh, engagement this, this summer that I'm doing. Um, with in Cincinnati and some of the other theaters, um, you know, because I, I'm still up and coming. You know, people, I definitely, you know, I've gotten my name out there more, but you know, people are still discovering me. So I, I'm just not at the point in my career where I can go sell out big theaters. So for me, the comedy club is perfect. It's it's an intimate setting where people who know me come, and then hopefully, you know, new people discover me, and we. We get to have this fun show together, and I do a lot of crowd work where I really bring the audience into 
my set and and talk to them and and I can do that more easily in a comedy uh, club. But I'm excited about the, the the theater just because I've done a lot of those with like Chelsea and of course you know she sells out huge theaters. But uh, to get to do a little one myself is pretty cool. That's cool. And now you said you've, uh, of course, you left in January and wanted to pursue more of the acting. I guess kind of getting back to your uh, sketch roots. But what kind of projects would you uh, would you like to tackle, like movies or doing your own thing or a sitcom or what? What direction are you, are you headed? Um. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I I filmed a um, Tina Fey pilot for Fox in the. Oh, that's uh, right. Like two months uh, two months ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was really awesome. And uh, such a fun show and a fun character, and it's still being negotiated over at Fox. So we're we're kind of on hold until they make a decision. Um, so my hope is that I'll be you know working on that show uh, for the next however long. Um, and then you know also movies would be fun. I've been auditioning here and there um, for some movies, and and you know we'll see. I'm. I would just like to do anything to kind of get my feet wet with it. So, what would you ultimately like to do? I mean, with that, you know, you enjoy stand up so much, but you also have that that sketch background. Uh, would it be more of a, a a sketch show situation, possibly, or maybe having a you know a, a a situation where you know you're making your own movies and on a regular basis, or how would you like that to play out? Um, you know, right now I'm gonna go out for the scripted comedies that are already out there and uh that i'm not on the um creative side of uh but i also will be like writing my own tv ideas i had sold a a sitcom to abc not this pilot season but the one before and uh it didn't move forward but i got that experience of creating something and uh and i like that and so i definitely am going to do more um development stuff where i can you know come up with TV and movie ideas and see if anything happens. Do you find when you're writing for others or writing on another project that it's, a, it's nice to kind of maybe use some ideas that maybe aren't for your uh, stand-up set or aren't really in your voice but you still think are funny? Oh, yeah. I mean, the thing about this Tina Fey show that um, attracted me to it the most is that it was such a funny script and, and my character was so funny and I didn't have to come up with one joke. So... Uh, it was kind of a nice change just to sort of switch that part of your brain over um, and just act. And, and, and that's kind of what I want to do right now is just uh, find good material that other people have come up with and see what I can bring to the table acting-wise. I'm curious, in that situation with uh, Tina Fey, if, if you felt you could have added something, uh, you sure probably would have been welcome to, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, with the pilot, you, you don't get as much wiggle room, I think, once you're, um, you've gotten the green light and you're filming episodes, they sort of open that up to you to, more to improvise. So, you know, they would give me a lot of really great lines, that I, so I didn't really need to improvise a lot, but they let me physically do whatever I wanted to. So there were a lot of things that I, were, that I, was, um, that I was coming up with physically that uh, was fun as far as, like, moving plates around or doing weird movements with my body like it's okay. kind of very silly and fun that's cool so you get to explore the physical side a little bit of the comedy uh-huh exactly 
So for folks like me who've only seen you in, you know, little short snippets on TV, like, you know, Conan and so forth, the last comic, um, you know, you, you have a lot more, more time, of course, uh, doing your regular set. Uh, what, what can people expect? Um, you know, I tell, I'm, a, I'm definitely a big storyteller. I tell a lot of stories from my own life and from my childhood and from my mom, who's quite a character. And uh, I talk about um, a little bit about coming out uh, of the closet and, and what that's like. I talk about, you know, silly stories that have happened to me or friends of mine. And I, I go into the audience and talk about other people's relationships and um and so it's it's definitely comedy that just puts this that's positive and puts a smile on people's face and um and and you know stuff that everybody can relate to not just like one group of people it does seem to have a little of a twinge of that kind of uh southern charm to it and uh easygoing uh style as well yeah for sure i mean i consider myself you know pretty much just like everybody else and i've lived you know a life that's very similar to to most people and i have a mom that you know it's called me with crazy information and i have uh, you know silly family members things that people can watch and be like oh my god mom my mom does that too and it just feels good to to celebrate that and laugh about that kind of stuff together so, mom is kind of a, a source of inspiration for uh, comedy and and another. Oh, no, for sure. Okay. Um, for sure. <laughs> and does she ever? Does she ever surprise you still? Because I know when you've known someone for a long time, I know a lot. A lot of I've heard a lot of other comics say that you know even when you think you've exhausted all the material from a certain relative, you know they come up with you know, something new, something crazy happens. Oh yeah, I mean she's caught on to me a little bit. She knows, like there. Are there are a lot of things she used to do as far as she would call me and tell me about, like, this hor- horrible news about anyone, and then, just, like, go on about her day, and I would be like, I, she caught on that I was starting to use that material for my shows, so she's quit doing that as much, but she definitely finds a way to sneak her other neuroses in there. <laughs> so she doesn't call you or do, or do friends or other relatives call you and say, hey, this crazy thing happened to me? Or are they kind of just... Um, uh, well, mostly she would do that. It was always like getting me to remember somebody that I grew up with who I hadn't thought about, you know, in 12 years and then, like, didn't reveal that some tragic, awful thing happened to them. And I was like, God, why did you have to remind... Like, I had not thought about that in 12 years, and now I'm sad. And huh. then she's like, okay, bye. You're like, wait, what? Just like a, a fury of terrible information from a woman that sounds like a happy fairy. Well, it sounds like it's a fun show, anyway. Yeah, for sure. I, I think everybody that leaves, you know, leaves having a really good time. And you know, my favorite part is there are a lot of uh, straight women in particular who watch Chelsea lately. So I get a lot of straight women who come to my show, and they always bring their boyfriend or husband, and you can always tell when the husband or boyfriend has not watched Chelsea and they <laughs> do not they uh they do not know who I am. Um and the biggest compliment is when they, you know, when they leave the show being like, that I had no idea who you were and I didn't want to come, but you were so funny. 
I had the best night ever. I can't believe it. And it just makes me feel, it makes me feel good. That's awesome. Well, uh, I appreciate you taking the time today, and uh, good luck the rest of the way. Good luck with the pilot, of course. We'll have our fingers crossed. I believe it's called Cabot College, I believe. Is that correct? Uh, yep, Cabot College. I appreciate that. We'll, cool. We'll see what happens. All right. We'll be looking forward on, on the Fox Network there and um, keeping our, our fingers crossed uh, for you uh, okay. the whole way. And, um, again, thanks for taking the time. Of course. Thank you. I really appreciate it. All right, Fortune. Talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Thanks again to Fortune Feimster for being on the show. You can catch Fortune Friday, July 18th in Nashville at the Play Dance Bar. Then she's at the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival up there in Montreal, July 24th through 26th. August 1st in Nebraska and Omaha at the Funny Bone. And then in Orlando, August 9th at the R-Bar Stand-Up Show. And then she has a run at Hilarities in Cleveland, Ohio, August 14th through the 15th. You can find all things Fortune Feimster at fortunefeimster.com. Fortune Standard Spelling Feimster, F-E-I. M-S-T-E-R. Okay, so we're going to skip the uh, credits because you know all those from listening uh, to the show a lot, hopefully, already. Just going to give you the rundown on our Bunbury Music uh, Festival coverage, which is going to be taking place this weekend. Although, as most of you are listening to this, the Bunbury Festival will either be over or on its last day. It's going to drop on Sunday, and Sunday's the last day for the festival. But we hopefully will be uh, having a couple of interviews. We have one lined up for sure, East Hills. They are from Indiana, and these guys have a really interesting backstory. So can't wait to talk to them. And hopefully we'll have some other folks joining us as well. So we'll have some interviews. We'll review the uh, the festival. A lot of fun last year. We're looking forward to it again this year. And then we're also going to have a review of it at thepopculturebeast.com with plenty of photos from Fangirl, all right? So we're going to leave you with a track we played from the East Hills last year that we liked a lot. Uh, this is called Make It Happen. So long and thanks for listening. (laughs) 